Welcome to the podcast for the Unitarian Universalist Society of Geneva. UUSG is an inclusive community, one that draws wisdom from all the world's religions, balanced with the insights of modern science. We seek to build a diverse, beloved community within our virtual walls and hope to inspire and accompany one another as we act for peace and justice in our larger world. The Reverend Scott Hall is a minister in the UU tradition. Coming from a career in information technology, Reverend Scott attended seminary to pursue lifelong interests in what he calls life's big questions. He joined UUSG as the settled minister in 2020. White opens by moving the queen's pawn forward two spaces. Almost reflexively, black matches that move, moving her queen's pawn forward, also two spaces. And the two pawns are now blocking each other face to face. So far, so good. But on the next move, white does something odd. She moves another pawn, this time the pawn in front of the queenside bishop, and pushes it also forward two spaces, so that now it sits side by side with her first pawn, which means that the white pawn is diagonally across from the black pawn in position to capture it or be captured. The move looks like a mistake. White is threatening the black pawn, yes, but that black pawn is totally unprotected. Black can take that threatening piece right now free and clear, no fuss, no muss, no greasy aftertaste. It's tempting. Too tempting? Is it bait? How will Black respond? This is the Queen's Gambit. Many of you know that this is also the title of a new miniseries on Netflix. I was immediately drawn to the series in part because my wife and I love a good miniseries, but also because the show was another chess movie in the same vein as The Queen of Catway, Brooklyn Castle, and Searching for Bobby Fischer. All three of these other movies were based on true stories, and my wife and I watched them with the kids. I wholeheartedly recommend them. They're inspiring stories, human stories, stories where chess is a metaphor and also a tool for overcoming real-life struggles. In fact, these movies are what got my kids started in Silver Knights chess, where they, uh, I think they were in elementary school. Several years on, my kids still play a little, and I think that's pretty cool. The new Netflix miniseries is gathering a lot of attention. The movie is well acted and takes on some tough issues like sexism, addiction, family trauma. It's also a story about gifts, personal growth, friendship, and community. But mainly it's about chess. And if any of you have ever played chess, you know that chess, whether you're a beginning uh, player or a grandmaster, it's all about the waiting. There are 20 moves you can make to open up a chess game. Your opponent can respond with another 20 different moves. That is, by the time you get to move again, the board is in one of 400 
possible variations. And the complexity just goes up from there. Of course, not every move is likely. Most moves are responses. And therefore, the likely number of moves is a lot more limited than infinity. The reigning world chess champ, Magnus Carlsen, reportedly can sort through the board in front of him and predict the likeliest responses for a dozen or more moves into the future. I can't do that. But I do know that every possible future depends on the next step. We can guess at it, we can plan for it, we can hedge our bets, we can make our gambits to tempt it one way or another, but the future is always unknown, right up until it happens. In short, we have to wait for it. Welcome to Advent. This is a, as good a time as any to honor our friends at Trinity Church in downtown Chicago. So. Time to play with your screens. I'm going to remove the spotlight for a moment. And what I want you to do is to hit the button in the upper right-hand corner of the screen that says View. And then I want you to pull down to that menu item that says Gallery and click on that. You'll know it's right because your screen will fill up with a ton of little squares like you're playing some 1970s game show. Ready? Excellent. Now, looking at all of those tiny faces, your community, I want you to repeat after me. Neighbor, oh neighbor, I'm ready. Let's play. Amen. And thank you. In the Christian tradition, Advent is a time of expectation, anticipation, and waiting. This is the beginning of the Christian liturgical year, a four-week progression of beats, hope, faith, joy, love. Many of the traditional readings come from the prophet Isaiah, a part of the Hebrew Bible that was written when the Israelites were in exile amongst the Babylonians. The book of Isaiah was written by one clearly longing for deliverance. He describes the figure who would one day lead his people back home, and here he imagined a great warrior, someone of military power and strength, someone who would lead the Israelites in battle to destroy the enemies of the people of God and bring them all back to righteousness and power and glory. Centuries later, these passages were reinterpreted by the early Christians to proclaim the coming not of a great general, but of a far humbler figure, Jesus. They were reinterpreted, not as a warrior's deliverance from military bondage, but instead as a story of divine deliverance from death itself. These stories took on still another meaning in the millennia since the crucifixion and reinterpreted again to not just be the foretelling of the coming of the Son of Man, but instead 
as a herald, uh, the triumphant return, uh, soon to return, Son of God, coming in judgment to right wrongs, to lift up the, the persecuted and the oppressed, to inaugurate the final homecoming of humanity with their ultimate expression and ultimate source. Advent is the setup for the fulfillment of history. Stop for a moment and see how this story plays musically. We start with a mournful pause, an indrawn breath, hope and rest, faith and rest, joy and rest, love and rest. And with each slow beat, we lean in closer and closer to the edge of our seats when suddenly there is the clashing of cymbals, the triumphant brass, the great thundering bang of the timpani, and joy to the world, here is the great good news of Christ on earth. That is how the Christian calendar begins. Talk about an entrance. Who said theology was boring? The parallels to today's political landscape are too tempting to miss. The lunacy of the past year or four has been dizzying and exhausting. I like to think that the struggles our nation is currently facing around racism, sexism, parochialism, nationalism, capitalism, and speciesism are not new struggles. And the light that has been shown on them in the last few years has only spotlit what has been there, slouching towards Bethlehem since the very beginning. I suppose one of the benefits of being alive today is that the rough beast is very clearly known to us. We know what our work is. And now, finally, this part of the year, finally, we seem ready to take up that work. Cue the trumpets. Can I get an amen? So here we are, 2020, with all due thanks to all that is holy, it's finally drawing to an end. And as we set up our pieces to resume play in 2021, we find ourselves at the pause. We're asked to close our eyes, if only for a moment, and to take a long, deep, shuddering breath. And when we're ready, we can then consider our first move. I joined the chess club in high school. I don't really remember how that happened, actually, whether someone talked me into it or if it was because I had a friend or two that went. And unlike Beth Harmon, the protagonist from The Queen's Gambit or Magnus Carlsen, I was not any kind of childhood chess wunderkind. Now, I would be delighted to tell you that I carved a trail of mayhem through the local chess community with my brilliant and unexpected play. But I imagine that any sort of exhibition where young me was simultaneously playing a group of chess masters would have had only one possible conclusion, me losing every single game. I did get better, much, much better. 
In fact, if I were to set up an exhibition game right now, I am certain it would take a tiny bit longer for me to lose every single game. I'm an intuitive player, which just means that I'm totally untrained. I just sit down and play. I don't have any particular strategy other than moving as many pieces as I can. And before the Netflix series came out, I could not have told you what a queen's gambit was, much less what the Slav defense or Albin counter gambit was. And I'm still not sure about the last two. I can probably say that, prob proudly say that before the show, I had never once read an article, much less an entire book on chess, chess play, or chess theory. I did, however, recently get Bobby Fischer teaches chess. It's pretty cool. But there's always been something about the game, something, I don't know what. Maybe it's the way it's portrayed in films or books. That certain reverence that people have for the game, even people that don't play. Maybe that lends it a mystique that trivial pursuit or clue never managed to attain. I don't know. Anyway, I'm drawn to it, much to my children's dismay. Maybe one day I'll get serious and actually study it. But there is one thing I can point to definitively that makes chess hard for me. It's the waiting. Every move is fraught, pregnant with possibility. One false move by either side, and the rest becomes a matter of math and time, or so I imagine. This year with Advent, I'm struggling with waiting. There are a lot of analogies I could use to describe today, but I keep coming back to chess, where COVID-19 has me sitting still, board ready, and unable to make that first move. So, about gambits. The Queen's Gambit is a chess opening. A beginning to a game, three moves and bang, a player offers up a sacrifice. The idea here is to offer an irresistible choice, a free piece in order to gain advantage on the board, in the center of the board actually. So remember our pieces, well, white moves a pawn, black counters, and then white moves another pawn forward, threatening that first black pawn, but doing so with a sort of whoop-de-doo sort of flair. Black may be asking, wait, did white just make a mistake? Black is sorely tempted to take that pawn, and that is the gambit. If black is drawn in, white has all of a sudden a bunch of pieces in the middle of the board and black spends the rest of the game reacting and not attacking. As they say, white is in for a very good game. In chess, there are a lot of gambits. Each involves a risk and success depends entirely on the opponent not acknowledging the threat that's hidden behind the apparent gift. The point is to create an opportunity for your opponent to make the move, make them move the way you want them to move. A move you can exploit, one you can build on, one that will let you set up your preferred endgame. Offer this in an attempt to get that. It's a sacrifice. Lutheran pastor Nadia Boltz Weber 
talks about Advent this way also. She asks, what can we put down now in this moment of forced waiting? Advent, she says, asks us to make ready, to make space, make room in our heart, in our life, for the gift of life, the seed of the sacred. She asks us to imagine, if we can, what is it that we can bring forth into the world? What can we make new? And then with that image in mind, what do we have to give up? What can we sacrifice to bring that longed for, that hoped for, that dreamed for possibility into reality? Again, in the Christian tradition, this expectation, this space, is going to be filled by the Christ. Advent, that long, cold, and frustrating wait, the wait of endless generations, is rewarded over and over with the gift and the promise of the Word made flesh, the one whose example was a light unto the world and the fulfillment of all the promises made by God to the people of God throughout the ages. But I wonder here, so many long years after the birth and death of the historical Jesus, that perhaps we can reimagine this story. Here at the end of 2020, a year filled with anxiety, frustration, and doubt. A year more than any other time, more than any other year in my life, where the outcome was not foreseeable, the end game not obvious. COVID-19 reset a lot of expectations, rewrote a lot of rules for most of us. I want to say that this next year, 2021, will be different. With what we know, with what we the people have set in motion, with the election, with science, with our organizing, this next year promises to open rather differently than last, and hallelujah for that. I look forward to next year, one where we can celebrate together in person with tidings of great joy and most joyful noise. Wouldn't that be something? But I'm not comfortable relying on a wish. As they say, hope is important, but it's not a strategy. Advent in the time of COVID-19 may require a bit more than being open to whatever it is that we've set in motion, plus whatever uh, surprise the universe chooses to bring. We may need a bit more than simple emptiness to do a bit more than pregnant waiting. We may need something that will bend the arc of the game, whatever is coming. We may need a gambit. So I'm not a grandmaster, so take this for whatever it's worth. But the thing that I take away from chess is that it's not just about being open. We need to remember to pause, to wait, to breathe, to take in the entire board. And then when we're ready, there's this one last thing. Benny Watts, the U.S. chess champion that Beth Harmon defeats in the Queen's Gambit, has a piece of advice for her and for us. Quote, the key is not to be tentative. You have to play with absolute confidence. Okay, so here's my proposal. 
choose hope, even with all of the evidence to the contrary. Choose to believe that things can get better and that we can make them better. In our hands, it is our hands, our hearts, and our choices that bend the arc of history toward all that is good. Together, we can and will do the hard things. Choose faith. Even when the universe seems cold and hard and uncaring, your UUSG community, your family, is not. In The Queen's Gambit, it's Beth's childhood best friend, Jolene, who tells her, quote, I am here because you need me to be here. That's what family does. That's what family does. This is our faith. Choose joy. This may be the hardest of all, to be honest. But try, tell a joke, even a bad joke, to a friend. Make them laugh. Let them make you laugh. Laughter is a balm to the spirit and music to the soul. Let that music fill you to overflowing. Choose love. You are a child of an explosion that exploded so hard that dust woke up in wonder and awe. You are worthy, oh so worthy of love. And if no one else tells you this today, hear it from me. I love you. Tell each other, I love you. Make it weird. This is Advent. Someday, soon, not yet, soon, someday it will be time. All of our plans, all of our gambits at the ready, it will be, it will be time. 2021 will finally appear. Cool, collected, she'll sit down opposite, taking the board, then look up at us, and an elegant eyebrow raised and a small smile on her face. And that is when we say, I'm ready. Let's play. Amen. Thank you for listening. You are always welcome to join the Unitarian Universalist Society of Geneva every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. Central Standard Time. Come as you are. We look forward to meeting you. Visit us at uusg.org for more information about us, our worship services, and where you can find us on social media. Hope to see you soon.